Real fast, I wanted to tell you about my new podcast, Upworthy Weekly. It's a lighthearted news podcast. It comes out on Saturdays, and I have forced my co-host, Todd Perry, to join me here to help me tell you about our new venture. Todd, why should they listen? Well, I mean, a lot of people, they think, oh, it's the Upworthy podcast. It's just going to be sunshine, and it's going to be unicorns. But you know what? It's really not that. Allison doesn't have the ability, she doesn't have it in her to actually be that person that I thought we were hiring when we did this show. But clearly, after just a couple episodes, the facade dropped, okay? I thought, you know, she's doing the Upworthy show, it's not going to be like, oh, neurotic, cynical, Allison, but no, she's there. So, you know, I try to counteract that with some of my good vibes. <laughs> um, and, uh, I would argue that if one person is coming off as a little bit cynical and unhinged right now, it's not me. It comes out every Saturday, wherever you get podcasts. Bye. Allison Rosen, Allison Rosen is your new best friend. Allison, Allison, we've had the good times never end. Allison Rosen, doing the way he gets a pants again. Allison Rosen, Allison's your new best friend. Hey everyone, hi, hello, welcome to another episode of Allison Rosen is your new best friend. I'm very excited to introduce my guest whom I will bring in in a moment, but first I must catch up with myself. Now normally, as you well know, I'll be catching up with Tony Thaxton, self-professed bad boy of podcasting, but what do you know, he's still on the road with his dumb rock band Motion City Soundtrack. Actually, right now, as we record this, I believe he's at home catching up with his dog, Bentley. So really, he could fit this one in, but I'm sure he has some excuse about... <sighs> oh, oh, my gear is on the bus, or oh, blah, 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 or blah, 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 blah. That's what he sounds like. That's what, that's what I hear when he talks. To be fair to him, I didn't even let him know this was happening today. So really, this is on me. I wish I hadn't revealed that because I like to keep it, it's Tony's fault. My version of things is it's Tony's fault. And as I'm talking, I'm realizing this one is on me. This is my fault. In my defense, it's been a crazy few days. Um, we got back from Tucson. Both of my kids have COVID. Daniel and I don't have it yet. There is a fuller story. It involves just vomit everywhere. It involves an emergency room. It's a very dramatic situation. If you listen to the beginning of the Thursday show, I explain, explained that it's, I mean, it may as well be an episode of Quincy or some other medical drama that is more timely. So I'll go into all of that. I just haven't figured out on which episode I'm going to give the full story. Anyway, like I said, right now we are still negative and I'm hoping that we stay negative because I have a lot of important things coming up, including hair straightening. Now, my, and, and I know that Tony would want to be here because my guest comes from a world that Tony is all about and that soon I'm going to be all, I'm going to go pro soon. And I know you don't even, you do know what I'm talking about because you've probably seen, you know, you've read the episode title or description. It's not often that people just play an episode blindly. I, I don't know. Okay. So my guest, very well-rounded. 
He is a wrestler, a comedian, a children's book author, an actor, a podcaster. He hosts Art of Wrestling, Wrestling Anonymous, unless it's actually called Wrestlers Anonymous. Nope, it's wrestling. And I got it front row. Trust your gut, they say. And they're right. They also say on multiple choice, go with C. I don't know if that still holds. It's been a long time since I've listened to advice like that. Um, Wrestling Anonymous. And I feel that there were other podcasts in the mix as well. Uh, And there's also other entrepreneurial things that have happened and that are happening. Like I said, very well-rounded. Please put your hands together for Colt Cabana. Hello. Wow, what a round of applause. I know. I keep a whole live audience. I'm so excited. In my studio. Hello. Welcome. Hi, new bestie. I know. Can you believe it? We only just met, but we already go so far back. I think, yes. Uh, many weeks of <laughs> booking dialogue. <laughs> well, what they don't know is... Won't hurt them. So let's go on. No, okay. <laughs> well... We don't have to go into the full saga. We can save that for like the director's cut. We're going to need something for the director's cut of this episode. Is there still that? I mean, let me segue right out of town. I used to love (laughs) director's cuts on DVDs, and I don't think that's a thing anymore, is it? I don't. Which I believe was the first podcast. Think about that. Oh my God, you're kind. You're, I was going to say you're kind of right. Why am I withholding 100% of the correctness? You are right. Right? Just yes. w- watching a movie, yeah. not watching the movie, and just two, just three people talking. Over it. Yeah. Yes. And I loved it. It was very fun. I, uh, I loved Wet Hot American Summer. I listened to, and I don't think they called it the director's cut, but it was like the DVD extras, the bonus material. Director commentary, I think. That's what what I would say, the director's commentary, yeah. Why don't they do that with podcasts? They really should. Wait, why don't they do that with podcasts? The director's commentary of podcasts? Yes. Oh, make make the director's commentary from movies into a podcast. That's a great idea. No, that's that's not what That was not what I meant. Listen, you called me entrepreneurial, and now you see how my brain works. No, but that's a better idea than my idea, oh, which what was is your idea? why don't we get like old episodes of our respective podcasts and then record commentary on top of them? That's very fun. Like, oh my God. But you know, the problem with that is it's like if I talk about a podcast episode from 10 years ago, I don't know what new commentary I'm going to have about it. I think it's more like, hey, you know, this guy who likes to talk about himself Listen to him talk about himself listening to himself. What an ego on that one. <laughs> yeah. How many ep- how many bonus episodes of that do you think you can get out of that? Oh, right. That would be man, you know, with with my flailing Patreon business, that might be a smart move to shift I'm over saying, to commentary on my own podcast. I right. Do you th- for me the uh barrier for that would be just that like technologically, how do I do it? How do I, it shouldn't be that hard though. It'd just be like lowering the levels on the old one and somehow making it so that I can like lay a track on top of it and you'd be able to tell which is the new one and which is the old one. Well, you obviously have to either A, auto-tune yourself in the new one or B, like a good, a good Todd Glass reverb, I think. Yes. Yes. 
And then they would know, oh, this is the new, this is the future you, obviously, the right. new version. Right. I, I'm telling you, we're on to something. Mm-hmm. But also your idea was good. I yes. don't mean to take away from that. Well, now that I think about it, I, so I did, I did and do a show called the art of wrestling, which I started in 2010 and I kind of like winded, I was doing it weekly for like nine years. And now I kind of, I kind of put out in batches here and there mm-hmm. just to keep it alive. And now, um, and so, but back in the day, like, you know, when you're coming to like the Christmas special or the new year special and you want to, you know, kind of take off for a week or two, you kind of try and find something to do. And I would do like me just reading the list of guests and going over because I would, I would do, I, as a wrestler, I would, I traveled the world. I'm in a different place every single week, much like a comedian would be, I guess. And I would talk to these people in a locker room every week. It would never, you know, like this is before the zoom era of COVID and all that stuff. So there would always be a fun story of like how I booked the person or what show I was on. And that was always like a fun recap. So in a way Mm -hmm. that is kind of a, uh, a commentary, if you will. Right. Right. Um, so my question completely left my mind. This is, (laughs) Oh no, I know what I was going to say. Sorry. We, right. So we were going to save the true back and forth. I mean, it's really like, you know, Take like Keats or Emily Dickinson or any, you know, great poet. They'll publish, uh, um, you know, a book of their letters to other luminaries. So they could publish our booking emails back and forth <laughs> one day. And I think that people could learn a lot of our mindset, just what we had going on. So we're going to save that for a okay. posthumous release. And I don't even want to think about that, you know, but also- we could at least... Go ahead. I'll, I'll trust your references. Thank you. Yeah. Um, but we could at least, I hope, talk about why this episode is happening today instead of tomorrow. Can we please talk about that? Because oh, that's very exciting. Yeah, of course we can. Of course. Okay. Now, what's going to happen tomorrow? But you, now, initially it was me that needed to reschedule, which again, when people look at our, you know, letters back and forth, they can discover all, all that went on. But- then you got in touch needing to reschedule because Tony laying some kind of fabulous sound uh, uh, sound effect here. Tony Thaxton. Take it away. Cold. I, I got a text from a friend. Do you want me to read the text? Please. Yeah, okay. Tony, you might have to wait for me to. This is from my friend Marcus. And he wrote to me. Sorry. That's okay. While you look, I'm going to adjust my air conditioner. Uh, this would be a good place for Tony to cut. Ready? Yes. Okay. Sorry. Beginning quote. Okay, this is going to sound crazy, but Friday night, you drive up to Milwaukee. We see the Backstreet Boys in the front row, and then you can either drive home or crash at my condo, and we can watch comedy videos while talking about how amazing our night was. I could probably even order a pizza or something, or there's a subway, and I can ask them to scoop out the bread for you. <laughs> oh my gosh there's more to the story i just knew that you were going to see backstreet boys i didn't know that there was an offer of scooped subway sandwiches as well scoop subway sandwiches possible pizza take off only eat the cheese to keep it low carb um also a night of um of yenting about comedy yeah, i know uh, now, a lot of fun's if- gonna go down if he, I have a, so, I have so many questions. Okay. 
if he had just offered Backstreet Boys, wouldn't that have been enough? Because that's all you mentioned to me. You didn't mention the comedy <laughs> and the protein-rich fast food. And wait, did I also mention front row? You told you told me front row, but I didn't hear that in the text. Now I'm thinking that yes, you it's lied. in the text. Front row, okay. front row. That was okay. the big kicker. Right. Um, seeing them front row, but you know what? Even if he would was like, I got tickets, but I know he's a friend of the Backstreet Boys, I believe. So I feel that it's like, it's just going to be a fun night of boy band goodness. And now me, myself, I am a uh, big fan of nineties, old school R and B and hip hop, but you know, it's not like I am a diehard Backstreet Boy fan, but I mean, who's not a diehard Backstreet Boy fan, you know, like, right. So, so, uh, you know, like I know, I know of their catalog. I will be enjoying myself. Okay, I'm going to embarrass myself here because I sometimes confuse. Of course. I also you do asked too. If, if Lance, I thought I was like trying to name the Backstreet Boys and I was like right. Frank, Kip, Lance, you know, Skippy. And um, so Lance Bass is in InSync. Justin's in InSync. Fetter- Joey Fatone. Oh, I was going to say Federline. Federline. <laughs> uh, f- He's in Britney. Oh yeah. Was. Oh, oof, there it is. <laughs> um, okay. Joey Fatone, he's in sync, right? I, I, I had believe him on my so. show. Yes. Okay. All right. So we're ta- we're looking at the wrong band then. AJ. AJ. Okay. Kevin. Oh. Evan. Kevin. Kevin. Skippy? I don't think there's a Skippy. There was a Skippy in Family Ties. There was. You know what? We can do this. Let's put our heads together. Okay, Nick Lachey was 98 degrees. So there's no Nick Lachey. Um, wait, a- okay, you said AJ. Yeah, I'm just Brian, remembering. Brian Luttrell. Luttrell Spreewell? Nope, just Brian Luttrell. Okay. I believe he is a Backstreet Boys member. Backstreet's back. All right. Now, yeah. who are we thinking? That's, yeah, that, that oh. is Backstreet Boys. Yeah, you said AJ. So we got AJ, we got Brian. Kevin. I believe there's a Kevin, but not a Fetterline. I think it's another Kevin. Kevin. Yes. Kevin. Oh, my God. How am I blanking? Oh, oh, there is a blonde one. <laughs> Do we look it up? I mean, I, don't, I can't tell you. I couldn't tell you. I think we just look it up. Okay. Uh, Tony, this is where you as the producer. Oh, you're not Should here. Should be here. Yeah. yeah, I know. This is where Tony could really... And you know it being in the music business also, Tony. Come on. Right. Right. You know what? I, uh, I'm i going to use my f- – I've lost you. I've lost you. Where Here you are. I'm, a, I'm alive. Yeah, I know. I Okay, I'm going to use my phone. This is really – I can Google this for you. Okay, here we go. Nick Carter. Oh, that's the oh. obvious one. Kevin Richardson, Brian Luttrell, A.J. McLean, and Howie – DeRoe. Oh, right. And I, okay. I did wonder if Nick was going to be able to do it because I thought he had come in on hard times, but I believe that's his brother. Oh, right. Yes. And I forget what his brother's name is, but it is. I think you're right. Aaron Carter, the party star. Yes. Mm. So I'll be there front row. Uh, by the time you hear this, it'll be passed. I'm sorry. Yeah. You already uh, you already went. You already I, had protein. Yes, we've had a night of pizza and or Subway with the bread scooped out. Uh, I made homemade T-shirts. 
You did? Yes. What do they say on them? Uh, one says uh, Backstreet Boys fan. And then I made one for my friend, Marcus. His name is Marcus Monroe. He's a comedian and a juggler. And um, his he wanted to say something. And I said, how about yours says Backstreet Boy official merch? And he Oh, said, I like okay. that. And so I made that one for him. I like that. It's yeah. very literal. It's very, You know what? It doesn't require a lot of uh, extrapolation. Just exactly what it is. Yes. Your words are very well done today. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. polished them right yes. before the show. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, do me, you remember? Me big wrestler. Me big wrestler. <laughs> now, you went to Western Michigan uh, University. Un- univ- it is not a college. It is a university, yes. Yeah. Yes. So you know big words. I know, but I mean, do you really think I studied or did any work to get through college? I don't know. Did you go on a wrestling scholarship? No, I went on a as a preferred walk-on as a football player only because I wanted it to look good on my wrestling resume. Was known as the worst Division One A football player of all time. Quit after a year, started wrestling, and then just did wrestling while also going to college. So didn't care about college. Went to wrestling, but still somehow passed with a degree in business finance. Well, look at that. Why did you choose business finance? Because I didn't want to go to college and my Jewish parents said I had to go to college. So <laughs> when in doubt, business. So you grew up in Illinois, yes? Yeah. Oh, right right next to Highland Park, literally Deerfield, Illinois. Wow. Yeah. Uh, That's so wild. sad. So sad. Sorry to bring the whole thing down, no, but it needs, okay. it needs to be talked about, obviously. And um, yeah, I don't, it's, yeah, either like there's like, I think Highland Park was like the the more well-off mm-hmm. area, but Deerfield was, you know, we were doing fine over there in the suburbs. And, uh, you know, my hope is that there's so much money and power and, and all of that over in Highland park that maybe if somebody's child who was affected or anything, and maybe they were on a, on the side that wanted to make sure there were no rights to, for, and anyone could do anything. Maybe this hits home a little bit and they, you know, can think, differently or you know maybe that's the way it affects but who you know we all doubt it right like it's a shit i hope i mean yeah it is because it seems like there seems at times to be this reaction where people get scared gun violence frightens people and they react okay i'm basing this off of twitter so this is obviously not real life or so I'm told. But it seems like there's this reaction. People go, there's so much violence. I'm scared. I need more guns. And I'm like, no, you, this is not This is not the answer. Um, okay. So moving on. <laughs> unless, unless you want to talk about it more, which we totally can. No, I, I, I'm not educated enough. You know, I'm just, I'm a casual and I feel I'm on the right side of history. But yeah. uh, I don't think I'm educated enough to really do a deep dive on it. But that is where I'm from. And it's pretty topical, I guess. Yeah. Um, okay. So you grew up in Illinois. Uh, when did you get into wrestling and performing? Well, that's a good, good question because I didn't know. I always tell people like, I didn't know I was a performer until I started wrestling Mm -hmm. and like as a sports kid, I just did sports all my life. And, and like, I remember taking an acting class in school like in high school instead of like something else and like really enjoying it. But I do remember taking it with like my best friend and we just fucked around. But also like I think acting classes is probably just fucking around. So 
right? It's fun. Um, but I've, I've been obsessed with wrestling my whole life since I was like three years old. I remember Andre the Giant getting his hair cut. And like my dad was a very casual wrestling watcher. But for some reason, it just stuck with me. And I always say like I'm a child of like I'm a child of the 80s. So like He-Man and uh, like uh, Go-Cats. That doesn't sound right. Uh, but that's a mixture of something and something. Gobots, that's Gobots, Go-bots. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. there's a cat one too. Thundercats, wow. Thundercats, yes. yes. I also have a, a, a tad of dyslexia that kind of always jumbles that up. There you go. Mm. And uh, and I like you know Ninja Turtles, and I also like like tournaments, like blood sport, you know the movie, and so like wrestling was just the mix of all of it, and um and I got hooked really early, and then. I became a wrestler and trained and, and did all the work and put it in. I think I did it all initially like with a real not I mean I've always been very open minded but you know kind of I went in more as like a jock and I really came out of it understanding, you know, maybe 5 or 6 or 7 years like after like really grinding that like oh, I'm an artist and like I understood that I was an artist and a performer and I was and I knew how to like manipulate and I was doing improv and then like like it, it, it kind of hit me and I felt like I became, even though I, I've always been open-minded, I, I really felt like I became a more, a broader human being. And, um, and I really enjoyed, I enjoyed that. I like recognized that about myself. At what age, uh, did you real start having those realizations? Um, well, I started training at 18 to wrestle and I, I would say like 24, 25 mm-hmm. that, I really understood that, you know, that I was a performer um, and that, yeah. And then I was playing this character and I, you know, and you really start, you know, I was able to, because I, so I, I do comedy wrestling and like, as you're doing that, you realize you're doing bits and like, it's not like anyone was teaching me this, but I was just, it was on the job kind of learning that aspect of it. And yeah. And then once you put in your own head that like, Oh, I know how to make them laugh. I know how to bring them up. I know how to bring them down. And not just in like, yay and boo from, you know, me pounding on somebody, but like how to get a laugh, like why I'm getting a laugh. And then you kind of like start deconstructing comedy, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and I'm doing it for wrestling purposes, but I'm realizing that, you know, it's because I'm putting comedy in my wrestling, but it's, I'm not deconstructing wrestling. I'm deconstructing comedy. And so that's kind of where I started to put it together. Um, okay. So I have what is going to be a dumb question. Despite my fancy words, I have a dumb <laughs> wrestling question. I'm here I, to answer anything. I am very new to thinking about wrestling. Um, the aforementioned Tony, not here. And Pete Bonavita from the Star Wars Minute, who does my videos, both of they are good friends. Uh, they I work with both of them. They're both very into wrestling. So they are like my guides into the world of wrestling. Um, I've had Alexa Bliss on my show. I've had had RJ City on my show. And um, that's my like exposure to the world of wrestling. And I'm sort of fascinated by it. But I really do, I really like just today, I learned the term face um, in well, regards okay. to you. That's okay. <laughs> so I really don't know very much. So I was thinking about in high school, I knew 
of some wrestlers, but like the kind of wrestler, you know, who were on the wrestling team and they wore that like chin strap thing and they wore their little, their whatever those outfits are. But there was obviously no character. That was a sport. There was no character in that. And when you say you were training for wrestling, is that like that high school wrestling? Like at what point can you explain to me? sort of the transition from what I think of as high school wrestling and how it that's a sport and a, a, a true competition sure. to like characters and comedy and stuff. Well, in the early 1900s, people went and saw what you're thinking of amateur wrestling as a sport. And the problem was, is that these matches were just going forever, even including like two, three hour matches. And then promoters were like, I mean, these are great, People hate this. <laughs> it's just because it's, it's just like endless. <laughs> endless. It's like a baseball game, right? Shh, quick yeah. shot at quick shot of baseball. <laughs> <laughs> and so finally, somebody was like, "We got to fix this a little bit," you know. And so they started fixing it, and then it just really, you know, that's the early 1900s, and then it just really started morphing into like more fixed and more fixed and and people realize gorgeous George, which is a very famous name from the fifties. I believe like he had this character and he was such a draw and people paid to see him because he was so obnoxious. And then, you know, people started putting together that like, Oh, you know, the show draws money. I mean, everything comes down to money. It's all money. So mm-hmm. um, that realization. And so it became less about the actual, you know, moves or Greco Roman amateur style of wrestling and more of let's put on a show. So I, so it is all based on amateur wrestling, but like there's such a divide now. Like I didn't do amateur wrestling as a kid. I played baseball, football and basketball. Um, and I was never like interested in doing that kind of wrestling, which is crazy because I was obsessed with professional wrestling, but I was just more obsessed with like, I love the athletics of it, but I just, I kind of love the characters and the he-man of it. Right. So, Mm -hmm. so yeah. So I went and trained at a school in Chicago and they taught me the ways of professional wrestling, like all how to assist your partner, how to do it without getting hurt. You know, there is no sport aspect. I'm sorry. There's no like legitimate sport aspect of my training. Oh, that's fascinating. Yeah. So it's like, and I hope this doesn't sound like an insult. I don't think it will. Like clown college. Clown college. But I would also say, yes, it would be very much like, so the falling is like clown college. I would also say um, pairs figure skating. Ooh, yes. Would be a, another great example. Because when you say, you know, like me working with RJ doing a match, you'd be like, well, that's not a sport or, you know, or where's the FX in that? But you know, somebody working with another figure skater, they're not working against each other. They're working together as a team. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of, I, those are very much the same, but yes, the, the Pratt falls and the falling down and not hurting yourself, I would say is a lot like clown college. It's a, it's such I, a mixture. It's like, the it's so something other than everything else. It's such a weird part of Americana, which also I think may, has always made it the redheaded stepchild, you know, but also I think has drawn maybe the weirdos myself included to it because it is so different than everything else. I asked RJ city when, like whether he's always been athletic and he was like, Oh, you don't have to be athletic <laughs> to be a wrestler. Do you agree with that? I, and I was very surprised by that. And that's when I decided I'm going to go pro. Oh, nice. But do you agree with that, that you don't have to be athletic? I agree. And I disagree. 
you have to be coordinated. And I do think you do have to be athletic, but there's people who know how to get around it. You know, I, I mean, I don't know what the equivalent of, I always, I always compare wrestling to stand up when not talking to non wrestlers, I guess. And so, you know, maybe there is a ventriloquist or a prop comic or something that like has sharpened that more than their actual jokes, but they're able to get away with it. And you're, you know, so like you can get away with that or there's someone who there's their, their jokes are so well-written, but they have zero stage presence. And it's just like, the jokes are so good yes. that, that you're, you're into it. Then, you know, I don't like Stephen Wright might not be the greatest looking man or, <laughs> you know, person, you know, whatever, but like his jokes are right. so good that he's a star. So, yeah. You know, so I'm, I'm more of like, you know, RJ's more like a, a Stephen Wright, if you will. And, you know, <laughs> I don't know why I'm bashing. He's one of my favorites. I, you know what? <laughs> RJ City, not Stephen Wright. <laughs> um, do you remember what your first, what was your first character? Uh, well, I used to do back, do you know what backyard wrestling is? I can guess, but uh, tell me. Wrestling in the backyard. <laughs> yes. That is what kind of what I was going to guess, like yeah. super amateur wrestling. It's when Jackass came out, and I remember watching Howard Stern on E! as an 18-year-old, and they were selling like backyard wrestling video compilations, mm -hmm. and it made big money for one person and none for the wrestlers. But a lot of them who I became friends with later and were like, yeah, they, that person made millions and we didn't see a dime sadly. Yeah. Super exploitative. Yeah, for, for sure. For sure. And, um, so what, when I was a kid, I was like a backyard wrestler and my first name was classic Colt McCullough and that was going to be my professional name. But then one day, were you trying to be non-Jewish? It's a great question. No, I just thought McCullough was a cool last name. It is. Yeah. It is. Then I said it really fast, classic Colt McCullough. And then everyone just started calling me Coca-Cola. Yeah. Coca-Cola. And so I had to change it. <laughs> but my my first match, I wrestled as uh, the goon. My very first match, I wrestled as a guy. My name was the goon. And I was part of a tag team, the goon squad. I believe mm -hmm. I was goon number two. My partner was goon number one, but it was a singles match. And the promoter said, go buy a pantyhose. And, um, denim cut off a denim button up shirt, only button it at the top, have a, um, have a white undershirt underneath and then put the pantyhose over your head and that will be your wrestling outfit. Hmm. And so that was my first match was as the goon. How did you like that? Oh, I loved it. It was at but like Fort Atkinson, Wisconsin for Fort <sighs> Fest. But that's just a, so, so that's a, an outfit. Um, what, what, did you have a persona that went along with it? Um, no, not, I mean, we were just like generic bad guys. Yeah. Like I, and then like shortly after I was just Colt Cabana, you know, very soon, but there wasn't really a defined character and I, you know, much like comedy, I think it just takes you years to find your voice. Mm -hmm. And even now it's not, it, it's. You know, I could say like, oh, my character is fun, loving, happy, go, happy, go lucky, enjoying his wrestling wrestler. And like, you could be like, okay, I understand what that is. But there's some characters where you're like, he 
you know, knows how to summon demons of hell and, you know, <laughs> or whatever. Right. He sits on a hell mouth. Um, so uh, given that I now know the term face, I understand that you're a face. You're a good guy. You're not a heel. Um, have you ever been a heel and do you ever want to be one? Okay. I have been a heel a couple of times, but I'm most notoriously a, a heel, which is a bad guy. When and I'm going to go do this very soon. So if you're listening, I'm going to put in a plug real early oh, if that's Matt okay. Classic. No, I'm doing that soon also. Okay. Yes. Uh, plug uh, away. Plug uh, away. Well, it's I don't know if it's a joke, but Officer Colt Cabana. Did you know about this one? No. So I will be performing. I believe my ninth time performing at the Gathering of the Juggalos. Oh. Um, and I believe. So I, I mean, I'm well aware. I. I I love comedy podcasts and stuff, so I, I'm well. I've known of you for so long. Oh, and I th- I think I invited Jordan Morris to the gathering a couple of years, and he's never taken me up on this offer. Jordan, I know. I'll, I'll text him and ask what the hell. Let him know he's there's still an inv- invite on the table, and and I think I was going to do. He wanted me to call in one year to do like yeah. on on the on the scene reporting, if you will. Yeah. So that's where I am a bad guy. I'm a police officer. Of course, uh, of course, policemen, policemen, they're supposed to uphold the honesty and dignity of the world. Maybe mm-hmm. they sh- there should be the ultimate good guy. But in this world, of course, they are the most hated human beings. Right. And then my nemesis. that world sometimes. What's that? Not just that world lately. Yes. Oh, I mean, don't get me started on that. But yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But it's just fun that like he's the ultimate bad guy, and then the ultimate good guy is a wrestler named the Weed Man, who comes to the ring smoking a blunt in a in a, in a wrestling mask, and pass and and literally puff puff passes to the whole audience, which maybe in COVID times we don't do. But right. I did I did do a show yeah. in Milwaukee a couple of week a couple of months ago, and uh, not only did he do it, but everybody else did it. So I think in the Juggalo world, rules they do not apply. Are you a Juggalo? I'm going to say yes. Should I ask it in a different way? Are you a juggalo? I'm going to say well, <laughs> yes. No, I do you I, enjoy the, um, I feel I'm realizing I'm just good. You're just going to go with yes. So I think it's easy to, to judge the world, the juggalos in the world of the insane clown posse. But if you really do a deep dive on them and just see like, especially like, the DIY, doing it yourself, making your own brand, making your own life, saying F you to everybody and still being able to like put out a thing that everybody loves. It's so their story is so inspiring. And I, I've taken a lot from their business practices. I'm friends with them. I, I appreciate what they do and how they do it. And so like I do, I, you know, they give me their, you know, their, their merch and I proudly wear it and I'll proudly say I'm a juggalo. Uh, am I like, do I have hatchet man tattoos on my chest? No, but like, I'll always sing their praises. I, I, I think there's, they're great. And also their audience, you know, I do believe is misunderstood. And I think there are a bunch of people who didn't have people and now they've found Mm -hmm. people. And I, and and I think that's the greatest too, that there is, they talk about juggalo family and juggalo love. And yeah, they found a family when, when I think a lot of them were in desperate need of a family, something positive and each other is positive. And for that, you can't hate on that. And I think it's really cool. And I definitely uh, define as a juggalo. Do you um, do you know the writer Nathan Rabin? I do. 
We we partied at the gathering together. There you go. I was going to say, yeah, I, I've had him on my show um, years ago, and he used to write for AV Club, and I, for, I, I don't know if he wrote... Well, you might know. He you wrote, wrote a, a book about the Juggalos? About the gathering and following fish, I believe. Okay, yeah. Yes. So he has like a pretty... Uh, is he a, uh, a juggalo? Or he has I, I a would pretty say charitable is, view of juggalo. Yeah, I, I think believe. we're in the kind of in the same book where we're like, we're like, oh my god, this is wild. Let's check this out, and then yeah. it's just like, wait, I support all all that this is about. What I guess I, we're juggalos. What if I'm a juggalo? You sh- like down. you? It's not. A, I don't know where I fit. I mean, in life in general, I'm looking for a group to take me in. You're still looking. I mean, kinda. I mean, not all, not really, really, Mom? but like. You got to be in mom groups. If I've learned anything, it's oh my god, new moms are in mom groups. Oh my god! How many you are you in? How, do you know how fucking awful mom groups are? I mean, like in real life, they're okay, but there is the there they on Facebook they are so horrendously sanctimonious and filled with bitches. If I knew what sanctimonious meant, I would agree oh with yeah, it. just full of themselves and how many do you think you're mean. in? Oh, um, one, two, three. I'm like in four on, online mom. Are groups. you, po- are you a poster or are you a lurker? I'm a lurker. Okay. I'm a lurker. That says something. Uh, that says, that says something good about you, I think. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I was in a real mom group, uh, cause when I had Elliot, my first, cause that was before COVID, um, Oh my God! What are they? Call- I'm having a, such a. What are uh, your children's called? Is that the question? No, no. <laughs> oh, Elliot. What what's uh? No, no, no. There's like a name for your your mommy group. That I literally there's like a very common name for mommy, mommy. time. No. The gathering of the mamalos. <laughs> Something like that. I. It's like, anyway, yeah, and so I'm uh. Oh my god, I can't remember. I can't believe I can't that I can't remember the name of this group. But um I'm still in touch with some. One of my best friends is in that group. But anyway, you know what? Who cares? Um okay, so I juggalo. I, I have a question for you before because yes. you've been you you've been saying you're on the the and sorry, I, I hate to I I know I'm taking over podcasts. That's, okay. yeah, That's yeah. okay. But I but have you I think the next key for you is because you're like I'm not sure like I'm I'm learning about it. Have you gone to a underground live event yet? No, that's no. where that's where it all changes. Mm-hmm. And I know you you live in Los Angeles, so there's shows at the L.A. Globe called Pro Wrestling Gorilla, which are amazing. But there's also other like once it it because I go to a lot of comedy shows and I go to a lot of like for years a lot of like the, the independent comedy shows and like everyone know you know I'm sure like everyone knows like oh my god you see the guys before they be, you know you see them in front of fifty people and then the next week they're on Conan or whatever and like it's just so magical and then. The fan, you know, the the people there will tell you about the scene. It's and and that's like and then also like not only with instead of comedy but for wrestling, like you're being a part of that like underground scene, but then you're also seeing these like crazy feats of athleticism done for so few people just because the people love it so much. The wrestlers themselves, mm-hmm. so it's very magnetic, and like that's where a lot that's where I'll get a lot of people to. To really be like, holy shit, this is so cool and so fun. So that's yeah, my that's my next go. yeah that's my next and I'm sure Tony will take you or I, there's people to go with. Mm-hmm. So you were um, indie for a while, right? Yeah, for for very long. So I was independent 
2007, I signed with the WWE and I was under the WWE for two years. I, I wrestled in five matches and two battle Royals. And then they fired me in 2009. And then I was like, Oh no, do I get a real job? I don't want a real job. I love wrestling. What, what do I guess I'll do some more indie stuff until someone hires me at the mill or however that works. Right. <laughs> and then that's when I like really, and then I, like, I was like, I'm going to double down on everything and I actually stole a lot of stuff from comedy and watching the independent artists. Uh, like I'll always credit, like, like I made this documentary and I'll always credit like um, the comedians of comedy. I started doing these web series and one was like kind of based off of uh, Eddie Pepitone at the time had this, uh, had this series called Puddin with um, Matt Oswald, I think. Uh-huh. And then podcasts, of course, you know, um, no one was doing the style of podcast that was being done in comedy in wrestling. Mm-hmm. And so I started doing that and just so many different like and even like the use of Twitter and social media, just wrestling is so behind the times that. I was in, you know, I was such an alternative uh, comedy fan that I just kind of started implementing it in wrestling and it really started to catch on. And so then I started, I kind of had this like long from 2009 to 2020, essentially like this crazy four shows a week in different places or different countries every single day or we, you know, I mean, I've, you know, done a tour of Japan, literally flew right to England, did a tour of England, came home to do a show in California and fly to Florida the next day. And like, it was just a wild adventure. And then in in 2020, I signed a contract with this new company on television called All Elite Wrestling. And then a month later, COVID hit and, uh, and the world kind of shut down, but, but crazy enough, then all of a sudden I had this week, I had this, uh, you know, every other week, um, I had money coming in. Like if, if I had enough signed that contract, I would have had nothing coming in mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. like, uh, whatever it was, it just happened at that time. And it was pretty wild. So all the stuff after being fired by WWE, all the, when you like doubled down and all the stuff that you were doing that you had been, you know, inspired from the world of comedy, all the stuff you, you started, that's when you started doing a podcast. Yeah, 2010 I started a podcast. Would you have do you, would you have been allowed, quote unquote, or maybe not, quote unquote, to do that while you were still at WWE? Um like yes and no. So I when my podcast first started catching a lot of steam, I repitched it to the people at WWE and they were like they they were they just said we're not an audio medium. I don't know why anyone would care about this. <laughs> um, just so crazy because it just like it made my career. You know, it just mm-hmm. changed everything for me. And uh, you know, I, I think it's there's a lot of short sightedness in what they do, but there's also a lot of forward sightedness in what they do too. Um, a lot of people don't get podcasts, right? That's the wild thing. But the ones that do, it's so it's such a non like it's so obvious, right? Mm-hmm. But I, that's why I remember Graham Elwood made that movie about it. Do you oh, remember yeah, that? earbuds. Yeah, yeah, and it's just uh, it just made so much sense at the time. Yeah. Um, now the podcast that you started in 2010 was was that Art of Wrestling? Yeah. Did you start that? Okay. Yeah. Oh wow. Um, okay. So you were indie up Wait, until you were signed with. I want to. So there's my friend Zach Ryder, who is now Matt Cardona. He started doing a YouTube show at WWE like in 2011, I think. And he was like on the very low level, like 
they, you know, in wrestling, we call it a push. Like Hulk Hogan gets a push. Stone Cold gets a push. Like we're going to push him to the very top. Mm, and he was right. get he was getting nothing. He was at the very bottom. And so he just started this YouTube show for fun and it caught like fire. And eventually the whole, eventually Madison square garden was chanting for him. And wow. all, all the people at WWE were like, stop chanting for him. We don't want him. Like he's a scrub. And so like, and so that's why I say like, yes and no. And they never ended up making him a star. And then eventually they like took over his show and then tried to like monetize it. And then it became uncool. Um, so like, that's kind of like, they kind of let you, but you really don't right. have your own freedom there necessarily that much, at least at the time. What happened to him? So he stayed there for, he stayed there collecting a check for 10 years. And then just recently, uh, during COVID, they fired him, of course, during the, the, the worldwide pandemic. And then he had started a, uh, a wrestling figure podcast with his other friend, Brian Myers. And now this podcast is so crazy popular and lucrative about the world of, of professional wrestling figures. Yeah. <laughs> And like, uh, like little figurines. Yeah. And so he's a, he's a made man. He's what, a, what's his podcast called? It's called the major wrestling figure podcast. I, I, this, that story is irking me to no end. And I'm sure that everyone who just heard it is having the same reaction, but just the fact that people were chanting his name and they're like, no, we don't want that. Cause this is not what we've decided is going to happen is just making me want to. You can relate, right? Yeah, it's bothering yeah. me. Uh, okay, so you were indie, and then you got signed by WWE. I think I, I think I think I made them the World Wide Web with an E on there. Um, uh, I have I have a couple questions about that. Um, how does someone like be an an indie wrestler? What? How? Okay. Because this is the career path I've chosen for myself. I'm going to be an indie wrestler. What do I do? How how do I get on the circuit? All right. You go to a wrestling school. Okay. They teach you. And then when you're good enough, they'll like help you get on some local shows. Okay. Or trainees at the school who are who are already wrestling on shows, they still train a little bit. Mm-hmm. They'll be like, hey, I'm going to get you on this show. And then you wrestle at that show. And then the next month, there's another – local shows kind of run monthly. But it's not like um, – like if a, if a standup show is do, if Tiger Lily is doing once a month or whatever, like they're always changing the lineup. The wrestling for the most part is like keeping the same characters. So if you could become part of the local show, then you start getting good and then pe- you get a little buzz and then you start branching out. Like you're wrestling in Los Angeles, but now you're going to start like someone in San Diego, a promoter wants to bring you down. And then you start wrestling in San Diego. They start meeting new people and wrestling with other people. People are like, oh, this person's good. I can get you here. Then you start driving up to San Francisco with a bunch of comedians. And then next thing you know, you're driving up to Seattle and you're maybe doing a whole Pacific Northwest tour. And then all of a sudden, and like you're getting buzz the, and people want to fly you around. And is the promoter saying, I think you would it'd be great for you to have a, a match with this wrestler that we have up here why don't you guys get on the phone and talk about how the match is going to go or like how does that work yeah so that that's the that's the fun part that will always i love blowing people's mind so i did um i did an episode of the chris gethard show oh yeah great friend of mine and he loves wrestling and for his season finale on fusion he wanted to do a wrestling match so uh we did a wrestling match and 
I like came into the writer's room and I was like, tell me what you want. Like what stories do you want in this match? And it was, um, it was me, Gethard, uh, pro wrestler Rhino and pro wrestler X-Pac versus vacation. Jason, a pineapple, a cantaloupe and John ham. That was the match. And basically they were like, I guess they're like, well, we really don't know what we want. And then I was like, okay, how about this? And I start telling them like, okay, this person will start. This person will start. They'll do this. They'll do this. We'll get in this. We'll move this. We'll swerve this at the end. And like, I watched a room full of people, creative types who do this. I watched their mind just get totally blown. And I like in the back of my head, I was like, Oh, I'm impressing them. (laughs) And then that day, like I was like, okay, I want this move. And then we want to do this. And then me and some of the wrestlers were like, well, what about this? What about this? And then within an hour, we put together a whole choreographed thing, which you would think would take two months to put together. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so that's kind of like, I get to a show if the show starts at eight, and I know I'm on like third. I'll get to the show around six thirty, seven. I'll get together with my person, and I'll be like, "Hey, I want to do this, this, this. I do this, this, this." And the the way as wrestlers, like not only over the like over the years, we've just it's like this this puzzle that we've just worked on for so long that the memory of it is just it's just a muscle that we've mm. we've grown in our brains and I'm able to be like I want to do this 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 and then we'll understand the segments of it and we'll understand the choreography of it and then if I'm the, if I get to the show at 7 and we start talking at 7:15 I'll be ready by 7:45 and then if the show starts at 8 and then I'll do some stretching put on my gear put on my baby oil and then uh, by 8:30 8:45 I'll be ready to do that match is there ever any like well no I want to win no I want to win well, the promoter tells you who wins. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Because it's all based on the story they want to tell. Okay. Uh, but th- I there is, you- I, I want to get this move in, and then me being like, I'm too old for that. <laughs> I don't want to do that. That's going to hurt. Um, You make your own gear, right? I do. Yeah. Always? Uh, since, tw- I would say, tw- 2003. Like, you have a sewing machine and you and you are, bobbins and all that that's the extent of my sewing machine now oh can you see it um there it wait. is look at that i see an iron i see a sewing machine talk again so that the camera goes to you talk again what i mean i have, uh, to, it, I have to move my camera yeah no i mean sorry uh, because we're on zoom it's the camera goes to whoever's talking. So it's sitting on. Oh, me right now. okay. Yeah. So here we go. We're looking at my sewing machine right here is this is for the visual aspect. There's my sewing machine. There's my iron. Here are my threads. There's some bobbins down there. And that's kind of my sewing corner over there. And very of course, nice. now I am very, I'm a very thrifty gentleman. And I realized very early that these re- that I'm not making a lot of money wrestling, and these wrestling outfits are very expensive. And I said to myself, I'm in this for the long run, you know, like I want to have a very long career. And so a friend of mine who's a wrestler, his mother-in-law had taught him how to sew. And, and he had the same kind of thought as me is like, we, not only we were like, not only this is the business degree coming out, not only can we make our own gear, but like we can make other people's gear and charge them and make some money. And then I learned very early. I have, 
like giving someone gear and them not being the most satisfied ever is the most dissatisfying thing. Oh yeah. Like it breaks my heart. And there's so many gear makers who are just like, yeah, here it is. I don't care if you like it or not. Give me my money. But if anyone's ever like, oh, it doesn't fit, I feel so bad about taking their money. So I stopped that very early, and Got I just it. I just make my own gear. That's so cool. Um, YouTube.com slash Allison Rosen to see the sewing setup. So when you were hired by WWE, were you ecstatic? And when you were fired, were you sad? So hired by the WWE, I took a 50% pay cut of what I was oh. making. <laughs> but with the idea of... I think I thought I was at the ceiling of what I could really make on the independence mm -hmm. and the potential to just make millions of dollars was probably only with the WWE. Got it. So, so the prestige. Yeah. So I, th I thought I was happy and I also thought of it like, I kind of think of like as territories where, you know, I was working on the independence and then I, I moved to England for three months and I kind of worked there and that's where I was, you know, I thought of it like, this is my job. I'm doing the job. This is the ones before me. They did this. And then I would go to Japan and I would kind of travel around uh, doing tours of Japan. And I really thought like I'm doing it, I'm doing the work. And then I just kind of looked at it as like the next step is you're signed by the big guys. And then I was like, okay, like this is the next move. I've put in the work. I'm doing the work. You know, this is the new place that I'm working and it just happens to be the biggest, you know, the Disneyland of pro wrestling. So that was exciting. And then I got put into their um, like minor league system. It's called mm -hmm. developmental. And they moved me to Ohio Valley wrestling, which is in Louisville. And then a year later they moved me to Tampa, Florida and I wasn't making a lot of money, but like I was in the system and I was just like, I, I watched the ones before me, like they would get the big call, right? Like they're not getting the call from there. The only people getting moved up to the main show are the people in this system. Mm. So I was like, Oh, like, you know, my call will, will come. And I was a very good wrestler at the time that I knew they weren't going to fire me. I didn't know if I was going to be like, there's a superstar up there, but I just, I did know like they had to eventually bring me up because I was pretty good. Like they weren't going to fire me for being bad. I was good. And so I got called up to WWE and I had a meeting with um, Vince McMahon and he wanted to know everything about me. And the only thing that stuck with him was that I was Jewish. Um, and one of the, one of the um, one of my favorite stories I guess to tell is, and I always forget the name, but it will come to me as he's like, what do you like to do? Like, what are you into? And I, and I dumbly said alternative comedy. And I, then I start trying to explain kids in the hall and the state <laughs> to Vince McMahon. And then eventually he was like, he didn't understand. Then he eventually was like, Oh, he goes like Jackie Gleason. <laughs> And I was like, oh, and like, I was like, oh my God, I'm, I'm done. Like I'm done for, like, I didn't even know yeah. who Jackie Gleason was at the time, you know, like, but that was his idea of like, you know, on, on the cutting edge of all comedy. Yeah. <laughs> and so then I, I got called up to SmackDown and then I got, I debuted as Scotty Goldman. They changed mm -hmm. my name to something very Jewish. Um, and then like I just lost my first match in like a couple minutes and I lost my next match. And then they ended up giving me like a, a WWE.com show, which was before YouTube. And like some of the younger writers were really like cool and like understood like mm -hmm. my sense of humor. And they tried to give me a platform and then I would like write some jokes. And then like in the edit, they would put all these like super Jew references. Like my music was like bar mitzvah music. And there was like, no. instead of, instead of the Batman symbol, it was a, 
um, a star of David. And then mm-hmm. like, after I would say a joke, they would do like the, and I'm not saying like, this was the downfall, but like, it just wasn't going well for me. Right. So when I did got, did you bristle at all that? I would have. Did I what? Like take offense to all that. You know what? Like I thought this was wrestling. And if I could use, if like, if Judaism right, was like it's going, a if it's going to be your character. Yeah. If something was going to, cause there was nothing to set me apart. I was just a schlubby kid from like, I didn't look like Batista or John Cena. Right. I, I just, I was a, a chubby Jewish kid who started working out, you know? So I was like, if this is what makes me different, like exploit away, I guess in my mm-hmm. head. And like, maybe there's still a little bit of me that sees that, you know, feels that way, but right. Um, well, I get that that's what, this is like one of the things that sort of came up in the RJ city episode is just that like, I know that this is part of the history of wrestling is these sort of very stereotypical arch characterization. So I get that that's, that happens. Yeah. But yeah, but I remember I, I had like done a promo for the writers to be like, I think it was 2008 and like the writers of SmackDown came down to Tampa and I, I did this like promo, like, saying like, Hey, like, you know, I think it was like Jews run Hollywood and now the Jews are running, you know, sports entertainment or something like that. And, and I was, and I really like in my promo, like while doing a wrestling talk, I was like, I was like, look at Jonah Hill and Andy Samberg and like, I want to be this type of Jewish representation, but in WWE, I don't feel we have that there. And I think they only heard like bar mitzvah songs and (laughs) and menorahs, you know, or whatever it is. Yeah. Well, I remember at my school, we had this thing called Grandparents Day and we put on like a little uh, show where we would like get up and say, I love my grandparents because blah, blah, blah. And and I forget what I said about why I love my grandparents, but I was a chubby little kid at like a very round little kid. And so they changed my line to I love my grandparents because they give me candy. Which was I, the what I had written had nothing to do with food, and so I stood up and I said, "I love my grandparents because they give me candy," and everyone laughed, and I was too young to understand. But I look back on that and I'm like, "That was fucked up." Yeah, you know, in I really had like a coming like in wrestling, we were taught like go out and make fun of the say hey fatty in the front row, and that's just part of wrestling. And then one day it like really hit me of like. If I was in the front row and I have, you know, I have, I've always had kind of weight problems and like, you know, like body, whatever. So like, Mm -hmm. I'm very aware of all of it. If I was in the front row seeing a show and somebody pointed that out in front of everyone, not only would I hate it, but I would never come back. Right. And I realized like, that's how you lose customers. Yeah. And we need to stop doing that. Yeah. I think the world is changing. It's, it's not, people are more confident saying like, Hey, I don't like that. Right. I don't you, like that so much anymore. Your teachers aren't telling people yourself to make fun of yourself. Yeah. Although maybe they still are. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> um, so when they let you go, what did that feel? How did that feel? I, I just, um, sadly, I, I, and this is how I've kind of had my whole life and I don't know what it says about me, but I'm always expecting the worst. Mm. So when anything good happens, it makes me happy. Right. So instead of like expecting the best and then maybe coming short of just the actual absolute best, I'm not sad about it. So I kind of always just expected that that would happen. And so it happened. 
And then I remember I got fired on a Thursday and then I called up my buddy and flew to LA and did a PWG show on Friday. Like literally the next day Mm -hmm. I was in Los Angeles wrestling again. And I remember I went through, you know, I think now looking back at it, you would probably say it's a bit of depression. And I, and I think I was masking it and fighting it saying like, I'm not depressed, but I would say it's depression, but I just remember how it all went away when I was in the ring doing, doing independent shows. And, you know, that's always just stuck with me of like, if anything, anything in wrestling that ever gets upsetting, if like, if I could just go in the ring and perform, everything just goes away. And mm-hmm. that's very powerful. And, and it was nice, you know, like wrestling was there for me when wrestling wasn't there for me. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and so then signing with AW, AEW, after 11 years of being independent again, did you have any feelings of like, I don't know if I want to sign again? Yeah. All the feelings <laughs> I, I did. Yeah. I, and, yeah. and at first I didn't even want to, because I had a kind of, I had some other deals like that were non-contracted, but like pretty steady gigs. One was with a company called ring of honor. One was with a company called new Japan, where I would be traveling to Japan, to Japan tagging with this Japanese wrestler. So it was a pretty cemented deal. And then there was also this AEW that was offered to me. And I think I was just like, I think I was just like a steady kind con- like I'm heading into my forties. Maybe a steady contract is the right thing. Also, you know, maybe it would be nice to be featured on television, even if it's just a little bit, I never expected to be the top of the, of the show, but you know, just th- that would be a nice, like, Hey Colt, you've been at this a long time. You deserve a couple of matches on television and, and your parents can watch you, you know, instead of YouTube, they can turn on their TV and just watch you. And so I think that was kind of the overlying dis- decision in that. And, um, and yeah, but yeah, I think a lot of people, you know, like that's the end all be all, but I, I had set up this life of, I don't, not only do I not need contracts, I don't want contracts. Mm-hmm. So it, it wasn't a life changing move for me. Um, you know, finance really financially, like it was kind of just on this, it was just a parallel, it was a parallel move for me. It just happened to be that this company was going to be featured and the talk of wrestling, but you know, I'd always kind of made my name like on the underground of wrestling. And it's not like I was ever doing it on the top of wrestling. Right. Um, so yeah, let's take a quick break. And then when we come back, some questions from our listeners. I want to quickly tell you guys about Real Paper. If you're like me, you are always looking to make sustainable swaps in your life. Uh, perhaps you are looking for something that's not wrapped in plastic, doesn't use any harmful chemicals, and hopefully doesn't involve chopping down any trees. My new favorite sustainable swap is Real Paper. Real makes sustainable toilet paper that uses fast-growing bamboo and is always shipped in plastic-free packaging, even down to the tape on the box. Um, The great thing about bamboo is that it's a grass, and just like lawn, it can be cut and regenerated without harming the plant or the soil, so they're able to harvest the same plant over and over again instead of cutting down trees. And this is certainly preferable over the usual plastic wrapped toilet paper that comes from our old growth forests. The conventional stuff contributes to deforestation and habitat loss, all for something that we use once and then flush down the toilet. I mean, assuming you're using it the traditional way, which I'm going to assume you are. Uh, Look, this is real paper. I'm holding it up right now. Uh, If you're just listening to the audio podcast, perhaps you can hear me holding it up. I'm going to hold it up into the microphone. I'm just joking. I mean, I'm I'm literally holding up to the microphone, but you, there's nothing you can hear. But it's very soft. It's soft. 
Uh, it's, it's as strong as you want it to be, but it's as soft as you want it to be. It's great toilet paper. I, I recommend it highly. Real paper is available in easy hassle-free subscriptions or for one-time purchases on their website. All orders are conveniently delivered to your door with free shipping in 100% recyclable plastic-free packaging. If you head to realpaper.com slash bestfriend and sign up for a subscription using my code bestfriend at checkout, you'll automatically get 30% off your first order and free shipping. That's realpaper, R-E-E-L-P-A-P-E-R.com slash bestfriend or enter promo code bestfriend to get 30% off your first order plus free shipping. So let's stop flushing our forests and give Reels tree-free paper a try. Zero trees, zero plastics, zero compromises with Reel. Okay, we are back. Um, so I am on Patreon, patreon.com slash Allison Rosen. Patreon. There's all sorts of fun stuff there. You can get bonus episodes of my bonus Patreon podcast, uh, which is called The Friend Zone. Just had a very juicy episode with Stephanie Wilder Taylor. Uh, we have a solo episode coming up. It's an Ask Me Anything where people have asked me anything. Um, and, uh, also, you know, guests that people love. I've done special episodes with them where we've asked them questions that I wouldn't ask them in polite company. That makes it sound like I've asked them really rude questions. Have I? I don't know. You have to be a Patreon subscriber to find out. Uh, it's a where you can text me and I'll text you back. And uh, you can see videos of Thursday shows and other stuff. Subscribe for a year, get two months for free, or you can do it monthly. Patreon.com slash Allison Rosen. And uh, you can ask questions of my guest. That was a great read. And I don't even think you read that. No, that was all all up here. Okay, here we go. When we ask, they send them in. They're wondering how you have been. So thanks so much for answering these questions from our fans. All right, Whitney C. wants to know, who's a non-wrestling related celebrity he admires or did when he was younger? Whitney Cummings? Not wants, that Whitney. What's nope. the Dif- Different Whitney. Uh, I was so enamored with Whitney Cummings asking a question. I didn't listen to the question. One more time. Um, well, that actually could be an answer. But who's a non-wrestling related celebrity he admires or one that he did when he was younger? Okay. Um, I, I weirdly credit Dimitri Martin. Oh, I love him. For my change in professional wrestling. Um. You know, like I was watching all the specials and there was just stand up and then like the Comedy Central special of him just like drawing and guitar and it was just so obscure and odd. And that's when I was like, this is comedy, but it's not. And that's Mm -hmm. where I was like, wait, I can be a wrestler, but I could do weird stuff. And so I really like based off of him started seeking out so many other just different, odd, eclectic comedians. And I really credit him that special for like opening my brain and, and eyes and ears to like, you can do any, you can make whatever art you want within your genre. Mm-hmm. Um, Leanne Ward says, I don't have a question, but ever since I heard him on go fact yourself, I've listened to him on other shows such as Jordan, Jesse go and stop podcasting yourself. And I keep meaning to suggest him for an Allison Rosen as your new best friend guest. He is so quick and funny. Who knew I'd enjoy wrestlers guesting on podcasts so much. So there you go. Oh, that's so kind of you. I, yeah. you've, I think you have done go fact yourself. Cause I think I listened to that episode, right? Um, yes, I have. It was yes. during the pandemic. Maybe. 
No, it was before because we did it actually in person. Oh, um, I'm so yes. jealous. I wanted to do it in person. So it was really fun. Yeah. And so my uh, my area of expertise was Facts of Life. And then Gloria Loring, who had sung the theme, sung the theme song, was the expert who came out. Oh, that's, and was it the best when they came out? The best. The yeah. best. I, mine and was then, Over the Top and the little kid from Over the Top. Yes, was, David Mendenhall, <laughs> yes. who is an old friend of mine. What? And so, yeah. And so that's because I started getting texts from people being like, they mentioned you, I, the, you your name came oh, up that's on right. this episode. I think that's when I started following you on Twitter mm-hmm, and you mm-hmm. followed, followed me back. I all of a sudden remembered. Yeah, so... Somehow my name came up on that episode a couple times. I don't know the first time, but then I know because then I listened back to that part because David Mendenhall, who was then like the the surprise expert, he's like, I know Alison Rosen, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, how do you know? Over, um, I we have mutual friends. Were you in we over met. the top? I'm not in over the top. No, oh. I wish. No, but um, over the top was filmed. So I went to Pomona College and over the top was filmed at Pomona College. And Pomona College is also the exterior of Eastland, which is the school in Facts of Life. Oh, it all so I, that might have been how it came up gotcha. or something. I don't know. Um, but I remember. So I like I met him at a wedding and then we exchanged numbers and then I, I ran out to go rent his movies and I went to Blockbuster. That's how long ago this was. And I watched over the top and I was like, oh, my God. That's my, that's my call. I'm, I'm sitting in my dorm room watching over the top. And then he came to, to pick me up. And I don't even think he, I mean, it was many, he was a child in that. And now he was an adult. It was many years later, but I'm like, this is where you filmed that. He's like, oh yeah, it was not exciting to him, but it was exciting to me. That's so fun. That's very exciting for me. Um, Yes. Yeah. That's so cool. And I appreciate Mm -hmm. the, the caller, uh, the listener. So yes, the Leanne, she's great. Yes. And I like one, like I always say like, I'm good at panel. You know, which is a very British term, but I think I learned that because I, I I did the Edinburgh Fringe Festival for like eight years. Oh wow! And people would always, and I do some stand up, you know, but I'm just good at like I think if you bring me on a thing on a stage, like I can be witty and make some jokes, and I'll make fun of it. And like a good example also is like Doug loves movies. Like I mm-hmm. feel like I I've been on that so many times and. I just think a lot of people don't expect anything from me. This is again, <laughs> expectations low. And then you're like, why is this guy making me laugh? He's not supposed to. And so I always say panel is I'm, I'm good. At, I'm a good panel guest. Oh, well, see, I have a uh, version of my show that comes out on Thursdays, which is a group. So now that I know that I'm going to force you to be on that version of my show. That's a lot of pressure now that I just uh, I'm not that good at it. I will do okay. it, but I'm not that good. <laughs> at it. OK, Jamie LeClaire says, what are some of his favorite wrestling documentaries? Jamie asked this. Ja- yes. Well, Jamie. Jamie, I made three of my own wrestling documentaries called The Wrestling Road Diaries. And the Wrestling Road Diaries 2 and the Wrestling Road Diaries 3, like I said, kind of based off of the comedians of comedy. Mm. Uh, the third one is called Funny Equals Funny Equals Money, and it's and it's a, a dissection of of how and why comedy wrestling, and then it follows us on the road while we do comedy wrestling. It's really fun. Uh, ColtMerch.com to buy those, digital and physical. But there's a movie that was in the theaters called Beyond the Mat. I don't know if you remember that. Uh, Barry Bloom made that. And... There was a, a movie called Wrestling with Shadows, which was on A and A and E back in the day, um, and I think those are two of my favorite uh, documentaries. 
All right. And Rob Schulte would like to know, would Colt ever go on a show like Survivor or The Amazing Race? It's funny you say that. I almost got fast-tracked on The Amazing Race with my friend Sean Davari, who is another wrestler. And I think at the time, I think I was like 26 or something, and I was just like, I'll do anything to get on TV to help build my brand to bring Mm -hmm. it back to wrestling. It's always about wrestling. Like I'm not seeking fame but I'm seeking people knowing who I am so they can watch me perform as a wrestler. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that there's a big difference in how a lot of people live their lives. Like I don't want to be famous. I want people to watch my wrestling because I think it brings joy and it's really fun for me to do Uh, or, or the other stuff that I, you know, whether, you know, wrestling adjacent, whether, whatever it is. So, um, but then, you know, they wanted you to do like a non-compete for a year and all of this stuff. And I was like, well, I have to be back on the road and wrestle. So it just wasn't really a reality because a lot of those, a lot of those booking agents, I think like, like work at WWE is like producers or, you know, like the talent scouts, like a lot of the producers I feel on those shows in WWE is like a big crossover. So a lot of them know about the world of wrestling. You know, it's interesting. You say things like wanting to do things that'll just, sort of increase your exposure um there are there are opportunities that i have been offered where i could do things that would definitely put more eyeball like go on different shows that would definitely put more eyeballs on me but for various reasons it's like people whose politics i 100 percent don't agree with um or just people where like i don't particularly like them I, I think to myself, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, I, no, I turned down ahead. man cow. Do you know man cow? Yes. Yes. I, I, tur- I, I, yeah. 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 It's things like that. But then I think like, am I being, am I making a mis- am I making an error in this world where like exposure and, you know, like the game we're in is exposure to, to a degree, but it's also integrity. I don't know. Yeah. What do you think? You're, I think. I, yeah, I don't do a lot of things. It's like, I know I'm comfortable in my life and I'm able to say like, it's not like I need this because I need a bump because I, I don't have a car. I have a car payment. I can't make it. It's like, I'm comfortable. I've done the work, you know, I've done so much of the work that I've made a life for myself. So I don't need to do this and I'm not going to do it. I don't. and, And I think also like, I mean, I don't. Example so, kind of sounds like I could just picture going on man cow, not having a fun time, getting in a fight, him owning me because right. it's his platform. And then I just I, I'm just like, that was the dumbest. I hated that so much. Yeah, well, I, I hadn't even considered the idea of like, actually, I go on these shows that I've decided I don't think I want to go on. And then it's a terrible it's a terrible experience. And it's actually that that because in my mind, it's like I'm I make a, a Faustian bargain or like a deal with the devil. I hadn't considered that it could, it could actually go terribly. So there we go. All right. Uh, so we have some questions on Twitter. Pete, the retailer, wants to know, ask him how he pronounces mauve. That is a callback to the RJ City episode. Did you, are you aware of this debate? A little bit, yeah. Oh, yeah. How do you pronounce it? However you said it. Mauve. That's mauve. how normal people pronounce it. Um, um, yeah, a, there's a lot of people who pronounce it mauve, evidently. I had no idea. I don't even know what the word is. It's a, it's like, it's a, a brownish purple. Yeah. Oh, it's a color. Yeah. I would yeah. say mauve. Yeah. That sounds right. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Uh, Pete apparently pronounces it mauve as well. And, and people in England and Canada 
there's parts of the country that say move and parts of the world. And that's insane to me. Okay. Um, RJ Ryan. Can I ask a question? Yes, you can. Okay. On my headbands. Okay. I, I sell these, but I, I sew the actual ones. Oh, how, cool. how would you pronounce this? I would say Cabanarama. Correct. But I'm wondering, okay, do some people say Cabanarama? Well, I, Cabanarama? when I decided to sew this on my head, I used two M's because I thought Cabana, R-A-M-A would be Cabanarama. So I was right. like, well, then Rama is two M's. I but think so. I, but 15 years later, I think it's wrong. <laughs> No, I think it's Cabanarama. Okay, you're with me? Yeah, I'm with you. Okay, we're we're on the same page. This is I great. support you. Thank you. RJ Ryan, I would like to know what special things he did slash does for recovery and healing after extreme physical performances. Tips for bouncing back. Don't get old. <laughs> Number one. <laughs> I I'm not I'm I'm very like I'm so hard driven, but I'm also so lazy. That like, I don't really stretch, like just sit on your couch and watch YouTube for five hours. Is that a good? <laughs> yes, I think that, that works. That would be my tip. Uh, Nick Wester, PI. What's the name of that steakhouse in Japan that all the wrestlers go to? It's called the Ribera Steakhouse and you get a free jacket when you go there as a wrestler, as a foreigner. And if you're a foreigner and you go there and they don't give you a jacket and you're like, can I have a jacket? And they're like, no, you get real sad. But I got three of them, so I'm doing okay. Three. Okay, Greg Heller, friend of the show, freaking guest. Could you ask him about red delicious apples? They're so maligned, often deservedly so. But if he's had the chance to sample them fresh before they grow soft and mealy in a warehouse, perhaps he has a different opinion. Thanks and be well. Hi, Greg. Listen, red Red over delicious, red over green all day. Really? Red over green all day. Wow, I know you said it twice, so you mean business. Red over green all day. But even a red delicious, which is just so gross, usually, I mean, just so disappointing. I mean, a good red delicious. I mean, how do you think? How do you think it got its name? Madison Avenue. Probably. Um, uh, how do you feel about a Honeycrisp? Everyone's all about Honeycrisp and I don't think they're that good. I don't think they're as good as everyone says. I mean, I don't, I once listened to a planet money about how apples get called and get called their name. And that sounds interesting and all of that kind of stuff. But I, to me, there's just a red one and a green one and then kind of like a mixture. I think it's called Mm -hmm. a pink lady. Yeah. And uh, I think I like pink ladies over everything. I'm going to go with pink lady with peanut butter and uh, $13 peanut butter. I buy the RX. Is that the kind that separates? Yeah, it's the RX bar, but it's peanut butter, and um, mm. I, I, it, it goes fast, and it's smaller than all the other peanut butters. But I, you know what? It's thirteen dollars, and I'm gonna splurge. Is it chunky? No. Smooth, smooth. Okay. Um, Did you? All write, right. Were you writing that down? No, no, I'm looking. I'm, I'm, I'm uh, looking over all the questions and seeing if there's any that are bubbling up to the top that are worthwhile. And I don't think so. So in in my head, you were writing down not chunky. I will write it down now. Thank you. Not chunky, smooth. Thank you. My mind. I'm sorry. You know, if I'm if I seem not present, it's because half of my mind is still stuck on the fact that at Subway you can ask them to scoop your bread. Yes, I didn't know this. It's a thing I do. And then also, you want this is. You want them to do it from the heel first. 
So like yeah. picture do the you, from the butts. No, they do it with their hands and it's different from like there's some there's great scoopers out there yeah. and there's just people who there's people who pick the bread out, the carbs out, but yeah. you want a scooper. That those are the real those are the real artists at Sam at Subway. Are you um how no how low carb are you? How low no carb? Um I I mean I, mean, I try apples. Yeah, I try not. No, I like fruit and that stuff. I tr- I I just try to eat healthy. Mm-hmm. I remember so I was on the Doughboys and then like Oh yeah. I thought it was really fun and then like I sadly started reading the Reddit and they were like he's you know, he's like making fun of us because uh you know, because he eats differently and it's just like no, I have so many it's it's like my issues. It's not your issues. So I try to eat healthy, but I just get away from it so much. But then like my mind's like, eat healthy. You have to. You work in a spandex. Stop <laughs> it. Right. Um, do you have – so Just Me or Everyone is the segment where people wonder, is it just me? Is it everyone? Uh, do you have one? Yeah. Sometimes I ponder on Something I have thought or done Is it just me or everyone? Is it just me or does everybody mimic the way people walk in front of them when walking behind somebody? Uh, like in a, in a um, making fun of them way? See, that's where I tried to explain this to someone. And they were like, you you can't do that. You're making fun of them. And it's like, no, I'm, if you walk the coolest, I want to like, I, I'm so enamored with like how, like, are the feet spread? Are they in? Are they normal? Is there like, a, are they a little like back and front? And then you watch like the, the curvature of the spine or how their, their shoulders move. And then I try to like get that pattern down and I, they can't see that. And I'm by myself just listening to a podcast walking down the street, but I'm so intrigued by it. And I feel it's so fascinating. And I'm wondering if it's just me that does that or does everybody do that? Well, I have never done that. But that is fascinating. That is like, you know, those people who begin to pick up other people's accents. Yes. This is like the gate version of that, (laughs) except that you're saying you do it on purpose. It's not you don't just accidentally start to mimic it. Right. You do it on purpose. I just want to see if I can, like, get it down. Yeah. That's real actor stuff, I think. Your yeah. body's your instrument and you're yeah. like soaking it up. I think. I don't know. You can't be the only one. I'm sure other people do and they will write in. Tweet me. Let me know at <laughs> A-R-I-Y-N-B-F. I've got to know if other people do this. I love that. Uh, yeah. Like if you uh, if you talk to a British person and then you just start like kind of like they're like, hello. And you're like, oh, hello. Like that. I think that's a little bit of it. Right. Whereas you were like, so. you know, your friends who go to England and then come back speaking British. That's yes. not what I that's not. I, I feel it's a little different than that, but I understood where you were going with that. Yeah. No, yeah. I was taught. Yes. That, that is very like ridiculous and affected, I think. <laughs> okay. Um, but no, what you're doing is cool. Okay. okay. Thank you. <laughs> and do you have a hey, go fuck yourself? Oh, my and- home. Yeah, go on. Sorry. Okay. That's okay. I mean, th- this happened just this morning. First of all, a fresh one, a fresh one. First of all, Home Depot, like this isn't against Home Depot, but it a little kind of is like, I don't want, I'm not trying to take down the big guy here, but, uh, eight, they, okay. They're refrigerator. They're delivering my, ref- my new refrigerator. First of all, fuck my old refrigerator for breaking on me. Right. Go fuck yourself. 
But the new refrigerator, 8 to 12 a.m. delivery. Ugh. So, like, I'm praying for an 11 p.m. I get a call at 7.30, right? Go fuck yourself for fucking mm-hmm. calling me at 7.30 saying you're coming. But whatever. I'm getting a new fridge. I'm excited about it. Then I pay the extra 40 bucks to install that, to have them install my ice maker. And I'm like, all right, I'm a little upset about that. But, you know, it, you need an ice maker. It is what it is. I get there and the guy tells me, um, you don't have an ice maker in this refrigerator. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And then I'm just thinking that Home Depot sold me a, a plus $1,000 refrigerator, asked me, would I like them to install the the ice cube maker uh, and then also have the line to it? It gets there and there is no ice maker. Hey, Either Home Depot or the person working at Home Depot. Hey, 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 go fuck yourself. I am blown away. Thank you. By this story. My nurse, I am getting a little bit too frazzled for this segment. I had stopped doing it for years, not because of my physical health i stopped doing it because i didn't these segments started because when i was dating my now husband i went over to his apartment and i'm like listen to this motherfucker on twitter and i started telling him about some asshole on twitter and he's like why don't because he was probably tired of hearing it he's like why don't you just do a segment called hey go fuck yourself where you highlight these exchanges and stop telling me about them and i'm like good idea and then we started and then I was like, I've got to stop encouraging the trolls, you know? And so I bring it every now and then I bring it back and then I put it away and then I bring it back and put it away. But I no longer do it about like Twitter exchanges. It's about this kind of stuff. But this is getting me very steamed. First of all, how can a refrigerator not have an ice maker? Where are you supposed to get the ice? The store? It's 2022. This isn't the 1930s. And a refrigerator that's over $1,000 doesn't have an ice maker? Over $1,000. I could imagine like a $300 refrigerator that just keeps stuff cold and also has a, a freezer. But is this, a, what is it? Like, where where is the freezer in this expensive refrigerator? Well, first of all, I I only want a freezer on the bottom, fridger on the top because I don't want to bend over. So obviously, fridger's up, fridge is upstairs. It's a French, it says French open or something like that. Okay. So it's got like the, so it's got three doors. It's got four doors. Four. Mm-hmm. Where's the fourth? Four, two freezers, two fridges. And no ice maker. And no ice maker. And it has a line to an ice maker. There's like a thing in the back where you would put the nozzle. I don't understand. It's who makes this refrigerator. It is a company I really haven't heard of, to be honest. It was like higher or something like that. No, that's a good one. Oh, you know them? Well, it's like H A I E R or something like that. I mean, just because we we recently, because I've had to buy appliances recent recently, so so I feel like I have heard of them. Higher. This I, makes no sense. Yeah. Home Depot, get your shit together. Thank but, you. You did? Did you buy this online though? No, I went to it, the, we. I it, went to the store. I'm sorry. I know why, but a I little, need something a little... stronger than a "Hey, go fuck yourself." <laughs> because I was thinking 
you just clicked on the plus forty dollars for the installing the ice maker. Nope. An actual human being did this. So a human being sold this to me and then upcharged me for the ice maker, not only installation but the parts to it. Okay, is the refrigerator in your house right now? Or yes. did you send it back? And is it running? Yes. And should I go get it? Yes. <laughs> um, are you going to exchange it for one with an ice maker? I don't think so. I already tipped really? both. I already tipped the bo- both of the guys handsomely. So well, I'd be still. I'd be out. Of t- I'd have to do a double tip, and then it's just going to start adding up. Here's my but, thought process. Do you need I ice? I, so I right away I went on Amazon and bought one of the TikTok ice things where. It's like a blue thing and you pour water in it and then you like take out a thing and then you crush it and it gives you ice cubes. Also, I'm not much of an ice cube man myself, so I've never really used the ice maker. Also, I don't plan on living at this place that much longer, so I didn't want to get like a super expensive one. That's kind of – and I mean to say not a super expensive one and about – you know, like – Right. Right? So I was just like, whatever. I can live without this ice maker. The next person's going to have that problem and then then when I get in the the next place – I'm really going to do myself up, I think. Mm. All right. I can live with that if you can. Thank you. But still. I have the right to be upset, correct? Yes. Like almost livid. And I'll tell you what, I was pretty. You saw my reaction. I I appreciate it. (sighs) I was pretty cool and calm this morning, but I felt like it, it, I was allowed to be rageful if I wanted to. The, the delivery person was kind of like rageful for, for me. They're like, this is kind of ridiculous. I was like, that's ridiculous, right? He's like, yeah. I was like, thank yeah. you for being on my side. Are they going to at least give you your $40 back? I went to Home Depot and got my $40 back, yes. Okay, good. I've had uh, a, like almost years-long issue with Pottery Barn now, which I don't think there's a whiter, more privileged sentence than that. But we've been waiting for a piece of furniture to complete a piece of furniture. We ordered this like booth for our kitchen area and there's one seat that's been missing and they keep scheduling the delivery and then we rearrange our talk, talk about I'm relating to your delivery woes like we rearrange our whole day to wait for it, and then it gets canceled. And I'm now forgetting all the times that this has happened, but it's been ongoing. And then, um, final, there's been a couple times. Oh, and then they they delivered it, and but it was the wrong ones. So we sent it back, and then another time it, they delivered it, um, but then it was like totally broken. They were they delivered it. And it was damaged, but they were going to just leave it here till the right one came. But then they decided it was so damaged that it wasn't safe to leave it here. So then finally today they delivered the right one. But um, they had said to me when it's finally here, they because I, I had said, like, I feel like we should get some discount or compensation for this super long. And that's, also that's a ahead. great way to say it is like, how am I? It's such a hard question to ask, but how am I going to be compensated is a great way to put it. So I like how yeah. you said that. Yeah. They might, that might have been their word. I, I forget that might have been their wording. Um, I might have said, like, could we get a discount or something? <laughs> I might have been more rude about it. Um, but also there was one, like, it's going to be here, you know, between something and something. And then they called it like 730. Like, we're here early. And it, that was a, r- a real pain in the ass. Um, but they had said, like, 
when it's finally in, when you receive it, then call and we, you know, explain what happened. We're sure that they will, you know, take do some discount or compensation or whatever. But now that it's finally here, I find that I have like no energy or motivation to actually deal with it. Mm, the wa- I got to find it though. They wore you down. They wore me down. Yeah, it's a great Maybe business Maybe I do move. have COVID. I know. <laughs> because I, I wish that I had kept records of all the, because I feel like I need to go back to my emails and, and like chart, like they said there, you know, it was five times of they, they, that they didn't come out or whatever it was. Actually, they would have that on their end. I just feel like I can't just blithely call up and be like, it's been a pain and I need to sort of have some facts behind me. You know you should, what? You should There's just no give rush. up. You should give up. <laughs> I should just give up. You're sad. You'll be, you'll lose a couple bucks and whatever, but your sanity will be fine. I know. Just get it out of your head. You're right. I don't know though. It's expensive furniture. You're right. Okay. You know what? This has been delightful. Thank so, you so much. You before that you were talking about you you said I have had and I was like oh she's gonna say the greatest time talking to you but then you were like I have had an issue with pottery barn <laughs> and I was like my ego I was like oh <laughs> but, oh yes it, it has been so much fun Allison I have had the best time talking hey. to you I knew <laughs> that's what you were gonna say no no no, no. I gave you total. <laughs> <laughs> I just had to share my pottery barn experience, but I, gave, I have had the best. I, you know, it's because I've had the best time talking to you that I didn't want. I didn't want to end the show without first sharing about pottery barn. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was my I've own ego put in check, and it, it needed to be. But no, but I, I've had the best time talking to you yeah, for it's real. Been, it's been really fun, and I've yeah. I've been such a a fan from afar for so long. I feel from all like the like just because I've been listening to podcasts for so long, and you've you've been on podcasts for so long and you've been like, you're always on the right, like circles of podcasts. Oh, thank you. Yeah, you, you, you're on the ones that I listen to and you know, thank like, you. and you're just, you're in the right group. You got a good, Oh my God. Got a good crew. Yeah. Talk about egos. Yeah. Thank you. This is what I need to hear. You I've know had an issue with Home Depot. <laughs> yes. You know, the world that we need to break into Colt Cabana, mm. the NPR world. Mm. I've done do you that. ever do you ever find yourself thinking like, wait, wait, don't tell me that needs a dose of Colt Cabana? Well, so this this new podcast that I've been putting out, Wrestling Anonymous, was like my, th- I would like it was the NPR in my own head. I was making my own NPR, mm-hmm. but um, I've done some WBEZ stuff. How like, th- how'd that go for you? It's always fun. I went like I had this. What did I have? I was like featured. I had like a Rolling Stones article written about me once. That's great. That's cool. Yeah. And then it got so much buzz that like the local, like WBZ, which is Chicago, which puts out this American life, you know, but like they don't really have anything to do with it, but everybody knows them from that. They like reached out to me and they like, they brought me in. And then this guy who was like very established and had like a sweater on, you know, and like this, and this microphone that was just like the most gorgeous microphone. And like, you could hear like, him talk is so crisp. You could hear his sweater. Oh, and I was just like, this, like I've really, I've really yeah. done it. But yeah, like I'm with you, believe right. it, because you know, like my, I do have a weird 
variety of podcasts and like there's a lot of comedy mm -hmm. and there's like eh, some other, but there are some NPR ones. And like, I, I, yeah. I feel that like, I wish the wrestling and NPR world can weave right. into each other, but hey, I, public radio, call us. We're here. Yeah. Let's We're do great. a public radio show. What would we do it on? People, <sighs> pe telling people um, to go fuck themselves. Yeah. We'll tell people to fuck off <laughs> customer service. Ice makers. Do we need them? That's episode one. Ice makers. Do we need them? The number, 888-3535. Let us know. We're here for you. Drinks. Some people like them cold. Some Se people like them warm. 78 degrees on the hour? <laughs> Rush hour. <laughs> See, we'd be great. Yeah. Um, tell everyone where they can find you. Plug all your things. I have so many plugs. I'll just take a rest. You just <laughs> share them all. At <laughs> uh, Cole Cabana on everything social, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, Facebook. Oh, uh, I was on an episode. I spent seven weeks in Australia filming three minutes of an episode of The Young Rock. Uh, watch oh, yeah. that. Season two, episode eight, Corpus Christi, it's called. Um, I'm going to be in Los Angeles, July 29th. Uh, I may or may not do a character called Matt Classic for Lucha Vavoom at the Mayan Theater. Um, and then my podcasts. And I'm on Twitch a lot. What's your thoughts on Twitch? Uh, I am always feeling like I need to spend more time there and understand it, but I don't. I, I, I started it when I was uh, in a global pandemic and I never played video games before. And I just started one and tried to figure it out. And the community was so helpful. And like, now I'm like full in, like yeah, I'm playing video games that. every day. I'm like, people are support. I'm making some money. I'm like entertaining. It's so fun. I really like it a lot. So twitch.tv slash Colt Cabana. Um, Check out AEW, check out Ring of Honor, check out those movies. I wrote a children's book. That so all my merchandise is at coltmerch.com. And I have like I have like cute stuff, like a little Colt Cabana Aww, plush doll. That is cute. Yeah, and t-shirts and all that stuff. And um, you know, I don't know. And uh, that's uh, there's a lot more, but that's all I could think of. Perfect. Thank you. And you guys, if you like what you're hearing, or even if you don't, make sure you're subscribed. Leave me a nice review. Click five stars. It helps out the show. Tell your friends. Listen to my other podcasts, Childish and Upworthy Weekly. Follow me on social media at Allison Rosen on Twitter and Instagram. And um, what am back I forgetting? Streets back. All oh, right. right. What am I forgetting? Cult. What am I forgetting to tell them? I, yeah. I feel like I usually... Oh, I already mentioned Patreon. Mm -hmm. Live you know shows? What? You doing anything live? Mm, no. Are you doing I mean, the San Francisco do, uh, Sketch, Sketch Fest? Fest? Well, let's see. It's July right now, and yeah. that is in January. So probably not. Not Pretty this... Close. Yeah. You have a show <laughs> I don't at, know. Doing anything at Largo? No, I don't have any live stuff coming up. And And now that we left the house and got COVID... I will just be at my house, but check me out on YouTube, youtube.com slash Allison Rosen, um, and, uh, a Patreon, patreon.com slash Allison Rosen and S online t-shirts, you know, my merch situation is depressing. I have been intending, it's been like two years of it just at a standstill and it's, 
I started to get it like moving in the right direction and it's on me to send a bunch of images to the woman who's going to design the website. So just you wait, you guys. <laughs> just you wait. Just I, you wait. You know, I'm on for the last 10 years, I've been on billboards all over the city of Chicago for a company called one hour Tees. Um, so I know, I know a person who could make some t-shirts for you. I got to check them out. Listen, <clears throat> this has been delightful. Listeners, thank you for listening. I love you. You matter. Goodbye. Hey, do you know about the Allison Rosen Show? We had a good time, but now we gotta go. Yeah, Allison Rosen is your new best friend.